0: Welcome, I would like to welcome you to episode 319 of the Impopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Impopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me, I'm asking you to hear me out. So I'm going to start off this episode with the news that happened, I think it happened last Friday actually, and that is the Bears trading away their first number one overall pick to the Panthers in exchange for two first round picks, including... Uh, the ninth pick, I believe, and DJ Moore. This means something. Well, of course, when you do a trade, however many trade, uh, teams are involved, it means something for those teams. But this trade in particular means something for both teams. It kind of confirms something for the Bears. And it also kind of confirms something for the Panthers. For the Bears. We kind of – I mean, there was reports saying that the Bears were kind of mulling between if they were going to let go of Justin Fields and go for maybe a Bryce Johnson or a Bryce Young, maybe a Anthony Richardson, maybe a C.J. Strout. You didn't know that, but there was a lot they could do with the number one overall pick, but they necessarily didn't need it, especially if they weren't going for a quarterback. If you weren't going for a quarterback – you don't really need the number one overall pick, especially when there are teams like, i.e., the Panthers or like 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 other teams that could use that number one overall pick for a quarterback. So many felt and people pretty much felt and, and knew that the Panthers were I mean, no, the Bears were going to trade the number one overall pick if they didn't. Or if they committed to keeping Justin Fields, which, of course, they pretty much came out and said they were, it was just a matter of who were they going to trade it to. So with them trading into the Panthers, this solidifies, A, that they're not going to draft a quarterback, they're going to... Uh, build or try to build a adequate team around Justin Fields you also see that by getting DJ Moore which was the or which is a bona fide well a solidified number one wide receiver now if you look at the receiver core for the Bears you have you know DJ Moore now you have Clay uh, Chase Claypool you have Mooney like they have a comp oh and you also had commit at the Uh, At the tight end position They have some skilled positions The Bears Have never really been good At Identifying offensive talent Now I don't say that Especially when we talk about the draft Did you know that DJ Moore Has more career Passing yards DJ Moore has more career passing yards than I think any wide receiver in Bears history. Needless to say, the Bears don't really do offense too well. So getting DJ Moore in, in this trade, and now you're having a plethora of picks, I think it was a win for the Bears. Uh you're hearing, you know, Jalen Carter. You're hearing multiple I think that they're probably gonna go defense, which this is just so the Bears. I mean, the Bears just got, what, two linebackers that had uh, Edmonds and a, another linebacker I forgot, which you, the Bears are going to Bears. I think, again, hopefully in the draft they hit they, – they are aggressive when it comes to offensive line now. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with Montgomery. It looks like he's going to test free agency. I don't know, but I do know that – The Bears now do not have the number one overall pick. And I do think that they came up as winners when we talk about this trade with the Panthers. Because not only do you have multiple first-round picks and and second-round picks for next year, you also have DJ Moore, who is a number one receiver. And one thing that we've talked about for the longest is Justin Fields needs weapons. And you have to build an adequate team around him to assess if he is the quarterback of the future or not. So I definitely think it's a win for the and the fact that you did need the number 1 overall pick which I know is crazy to think how do you not need the overall number one number one overall pick The number one overall pick if there's not a transcendent player that's not a quarterback you you usually and your team doesn't need that position you, you usually don't need it Um like if you're going to get a Aaron Donald if you're going to get a what <laughs> There, there, there are some players, of course, that are just so good that they're good enough to be number one overall picks, and not a quarterback. In that case, you go for it. But in this draft, there really isn't a a player that just leaps and bounds is better. Now, maybe next year when they have like Caleb Love or whatever, or no, Caleb, Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams. But yeah, you didn't really need the number one overall pick. So I think. What the Bears got for the number one overall pick was a win. And for the Panthers, I also think it's a win. And it also solidifies something with the Panthers. The Panthers, it's clear that they're going for a quarterback. I mean, they just lost Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's going to the 49ers as a backup. Or I don't know what he's going to be. But he's at the 49ers. Getting the number one overall pick solidifies two things for me. One, that they're definitely going to get a quarter. Here's here's something. I have a theory. My theory is one of two things are going to happen with this number one overall pick for the Panthers. They're either A, going to trade the number one overall pick to the Ravens to get Lamar Jackson. I think that's less likely because I just don't think that's going to happen. You don't trade that much and DJ Moore. For the number one, number one overall pick to then flip it and give it to the Ravens, you just, you, I just don't see that happening. But that could happen. That's what I think. If I were the Panthers, I think number two, the second option is more likely, and that is they get a quarterback at the number at, at, at the number one spot. Whether, like I said, Bryce Young, whether that's Anthony Richardson from Florida, whether that's C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. I think that they're going to get that. But but here's my thing. I understand the whole quarterback of the future thing. I get it. But Lamar Jackson is 26 and I'm not going to make this a Lamar Jackson episode even though there is a topic that I will kind of focus on Lamar Jackson, but this isn't going to be a Lamar Jackson episode, but I just don't I understand the money, you know? I understand what he's asking for and I understand that what he's asking for a lot of i mean clearly a lot of teams including the Ravens the team that he's currently on do not want to do that but you're talking about a generational talent that's in his price 26 years old and now you're hearing people talk about well he's not available and he's always injured he's not always injured yes he was injured the last two years but look at what the what look at what he's he's won 70 percent of the Ravens games so if I if I were the Panthers and I got the number one overall pick, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I even if they don't trade the number one overall pick for Lamar Jackson, which I very I I, I think it's very unlikely, I do think that they did become they they are winners in this. It's a win win for both teams, the Bears and the Panthers. You are able to draft a quarterback. Even though I wish they would not have given or wish they didn't have to give up DJ Moore because, again, he is a number one receiver. They did get the number one overall pick, so it was a win-win for both teams. But, again, you you, you have a 26-year-old former MVP right there that you can go for. The, now, again, I understand the, the salary cap, and I understand what Lamar Jackson's is asking for. But, again. It's Lamar Jackson, and he'll be 26. And, and, I, and I ask, what is more of a sure thing right now? Bryce Young panning out to be a, a, a great quarterback in the league, or Lamar Jackson continuing to do what he's been doing? Anthony Richardson, who has all the talent in the world and is blowing people away in the combine or whatever, or Lamar Jackson, who has already won an MVP, to continue what he's doing. That's all I'm saying, man. But I do think I do think if we look at the the trade, you know, for what what the Panthers got and what the Bears got, I do think it was a win win for both teams. Uh, there was a report that came out, and we'll move on from. There. There's a report that came out. Saying that you know, Brian, I think Diana Rossini said that the that Aaron Rodgers gave the Green Bay or gave the Jets a list of players that they, he wanted them to try to acquire. Uh, Alan Lazard was on it, I think. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, and Odell Beckham Jr. That means one thing for me. That means that Aaron Rodgers has decided where he wants to go if. They do what he says. He wants control of a team. I look at this Aaron Rodgers situation in three ways. I look at that through Aaron Rodgers' eyes, I look at it through Green Bay's eyes, and I look at it through um the Jets' eyes. Let's start with let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I understand his thinking. I understand that you want me. I understand. I am one, I will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. I also understand that my services are needed in Green Bay. My services are also needed in New York. So I'm going to try. If you want me, this is what you have to do to get me. It's not popular. It's not the best. I mean, I know everyone doesn't do it, everyone wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't do it in a sense of what Aaron Rodgers, because if you think about it, Look at the team that the Jets – let's just talk about the Jets right now. Look at the team that the Jets have. You have Elijah Moore, even though he's kind of in the doghouse right now. You have, you know, Garrett Wilson. You have Corey Davis. Randall Cobb can't get open. (laughs) Alan Lazard, I thought he was going to make a bigger leap than he did last year, seeing as though he had to be the number one receiver until Christian Watson just went crazy. Mercedes Lewis is old as hell. He's good blocking, but he's not the best at a catching tight end. You already have pieces for New York. Why? The only reason why you would try to go get these pieces, and, and, and Odell Beckham Jr. is asking for $20 million a year, which I, I understand, but he's trying. And Odell Beckham Jr. is trying to be one of the first players to bridge the NBA and and. In NFL and I don't mean that in a sense of he plays in the NBA and NFL I mean he's trying to be the first NFL player to get an NBA like contract while popularity I understand and while talent I get he's a very he's a very talented uh quarterback I mean a wide receiver I get that But that's a lot asking from, one, a wide receiver and, two, a wide receiver that's coming off an ACL tear. So I don't know if he's going to get that. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, like, we know, I mean, we saw when Odell Beckham Jr. was healthy. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. You pair him with a Garrett Garrett Wilson. You pair him with a with a Corey Davis. That's gonna be that's gonna be crazy. Like I don't if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to go to a team that isn't better than my current team. So I get that on Aaron Rodgers' point. It's a bad look because you're already demanding things, and there has already been a there's already been a stigma that Aaron Rodgers is tough to deal with and tough to work with. So I understand that this might not be the best thing. You know to to do But I get if I'm Aaron Rodgers Like the ball is kind of in my court So If I'm Green Bay Like I said I'm going to break this down in three ways I just did Aaron Rodgers Now I'm going to do Green Bay and I'm going to do the Jets If I'm Green Bay Two things are true I don't think We don't know what Jordan Love is until he gets adequate playing time. He can't get maybe a couple minutes here and there, a couple drives here and there. We need to know what we have in Jordan Love, even if that means that we're not good next year. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is arguably—I don't think—I think he's better than Brett Favre, so I understand that Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is the best quarterback your franchise ever had. And I also understand that you just gave him what a two-year contract or something, so he—you still owe him money. And I know—I under—I mean, we—they—they they reported last week that they're pretty much want to rip the bandit off. Hell, the, even the GM came out. Uh, when was talking about, you know, if Aaron Rodgers come back, that's not that's not really in our plans. But if it happens, hey, it happens. I just I think Green Bay is ready to rip the bandaid off, man. They're ready to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. They Aaron Rodgers comes with a lot. Aaron Rodgers comes with a lot, and basketball culture, like I just talked about with Odell Beckham Jr., basketball culture is not football culture. I, you can get a LeBron James and LeBron James says, we don't want Andrew Wiggins. We want, even though Andrew Wiggins is the number one overall pick, get him out of here. Bring Kevin Love. I get that. Because you're getting LeBron James and we understand the the the, the, the presence that LeBron James brings, you're going to trade <laughs> the, the, the number one overall pick in Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. And it works out. I think you see. You saw we saw Tom Brady do this. We saw Tom Brady say, "Yo, I'm coming to Tampa Bay. I'm also bringing Rob Gronkowski, who is arguably the greatest tight end of all time." Tom Brady came with what six rings? So I, I, I you can do that. You can, and you're going to a franchise in Tampa Bay that. Is kind of starving for success. They were they were on a mean playoff drought, so it's like you get Tom Brady. Yeah, you have to do this, 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 and this, but it's Tom Brady. While Aaron Rodgers will go down as one of the greatest quarterback talents to ever play, he only has one Super Bowl. Yes, he has four MVPs, but he has one Super Bowl. So it's like if you're Green Bay dude it was a good run it's very rare these days that one player stays for one team so or his entire career so it's like you had a good run you're you you're coming you're becoming more of a you're becoming more baggage and especially and we'll talk about Jalen Ramsey in a second but one thing that's able to give Green Bay an out is the fact that they had a they struggled last year, and they didn't even make the playoffs. It would be a tough ask uh, if if Aaron Rodgers won to won the Super Bowl last year, or if Aaron Rodgers made it to the Super Bowl last year, or if Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. This would be a tougher conversation if you were Green Bay because it's like, how do we give up on uh, 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 the reigning MVP? But, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has not been a, he hasn't been easy to, to handle from reports this entire time, but because it's like you can get away with it, you can get over it because they're winning, or he's still, I mean, they've been 13-3 and three before last year, 13-3 and the last two years. So... It's like, if I'm Green Bay, man, wow, yes. I understand if we don't. I, they want to rip the Band-Aid off. They they want to. And as you're seeing, it looks like reports are saying that they're, the, the Jets and the Green Bay Packers are working on a deal to now get Alan Lazard. So it seems like, yo, Alan Lazard is a good wide receiver. While he's not number one, he's a good wide receiver. So it's just like, yo, take Alan Lazard. If you need Mercedes Lewis, take them. Take Randall Cobb. We don't even want Randall Cobb. We just, they, Green Bay does not want to start the 2023 season with Aaron Rodgers on their roster. And I understand it. Again, it's it's very rare these days that one player stays for, with a franchise the entire time. So I get it. And if I'm the Jets... they just find themselves in the most difficult situation out of the 3 you have not really had a legit quarterback since Mark Sanchez and you have the possibility of getting one of the best quarterbacks The league has ever seen. While yes, he's not in his prime, but just a year ago, or just two years ago, he won his fourth MVP. So the Jets find themselves in a difficult position. I, I, you have a player that's asking for a lot off the rip. You're asking for, the Jets have a good offense. The Jets have a good offensive roster, and you're ask you you have a player coming in asking off the rip for a bunch of stuff. You're asking, oh, now we got to spend more money on players that we don't necessarily want, but we want you. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. And I say the Jets are in the toughest position because. You have to you have to ask yourself: Are we going to do we we understand we want Aaron Rodgers? Do you do we do what he wants, or do we not do what he wants and in jeopardize losing Aaron Rodgers? Because it seems like if Aaron Rodgers sent you a list of this is what you have to do to get me, then Aaron is pretty Aaron Rodgers pretty much wants to go there or doesn't mind going there, so. Are we at risk of losing Aaron Rodgers? And if you do lose Aaron Rodgers in the Chiefs, what do you do next? Again, I'm not making this a Lamar Jackson pod, or but do you try to go for Lamar Jackson? Do you offer him 200 million guaranteed and say, "Hey, this is what we got for you. We have Wilson. We have more. We have pieces. This is 200 million guaranteed." We'll, we'll work out the deal. Boom. I think they should have done that originally, but, hey, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is there. So, I don't know. If I'm the Jets, bro, like, yo, I I want Aaron Rodgers, but at this cost, like, come on now. This is not how a relationship works. You're not about to strong-arm me, and you're not even here. Like, this is a legit strong-arm. Yo, you're going to bring my people over, and then you have me. Like that doesn't doesn't work like it doesn't work that way. There's no you have to they have not built trust. I guess this is one side building trust to the other side, which is the Jets building trust in Aaron Rodgers. But how you Aaron Rodgers hasn't shown anything for the Jets to hold on to to trust again. I'm not saying that the Jets shouldn't go for Aaron Rodgers. But what I'm saying is you can't have Aaron Rodgers dictate your franchise and he's not even there. And if you really want to be honest about Aaron Rodgers and, and and look at the moves that he's, quote unquote, forced the Green Bay Packers to make and how they turned out. Again, Randall Cobb can't create separation because he's old. Mercedes Lewis is a better block, top uh, blocking tight end than a regular tight end because he's older. Alan Lazard was supposed to make the leap and be a number one receiver. He wasn't which is one of the biggest reasons why the offense struggled last year. This is you want my opinion on what's going to happen. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Jets. It's it's tough for me to see Aaron Rodgers back in a Green Bay uniform because of everything that's happened this offseason, because of what, something that the general managers have said. Um, how do you go back into a locker room where – they know you really don't want to be there I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire Because it's like 50 million he's leaving on the table I just think Aaron Rodgers Is going to go to the Jets I think the Jets are going to get him Alan Lazard I don't think that they, they're going to They could get top uh, Eric, Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know But I think that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers And I think you're going to look at the Jets And even in and. and <sighs> The Jets would be tough, you know. It'd be tough. I think they're in in their, of course, division. You're only fighting with well, not only, but it's a tough division too. I mean, you have the Bills, the the Patriots, and the Dolphins. Um, and the Dolphins, which we'll talk about in a second, just made a big move. So, I don't know, man. I, I if I'm, uh, I get it. I get it on three, all, all three fronts: Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers front, the Green Bay Packers front, and the Jets. But I don't know. I think this is a fascinating situation because it's Aaron Rodgers doesn't look good right now. He looks more diva-ish than ever. Uh, but I I understand like you if you're gonna move, especially when you've been with an organization your entire career, you want to go to something that looks. Or that feels familiar in, in, in football or in sports. One thing that feels familiar, if you're not from the place, is, yo, bring some of my buddies along. Which is Aaron, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. So I get it. I get it. But I am interested and, and curious just to see exactly how this ends. Aaron Rodgers and ends for the Green Bay Packers because I think the worst case scenario for the Green Bay Packers, at least in this point, is Aaron Rodgers returning. And I think the worst case scenario for the Jets is if they make all these moves and Aaron Rodgers then comes back and says, yeah, no, I'm staying with Green Bay. So now you have Alan Lazard and all these pieces, like, what do we do? Because then you'll be looking for a quarterback and that's another thing that looks bad is Aaron Rodgers holding out like bro your season you didn't make it to the playoffs so your season's ended in a minute and I understand the free agency just started but this is holding up two teams now and that's a that's a bad look I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. That's a bad look that you're holding up two teams from be from being able to make multiple franchise. I mean multiple free agent moves. And as you're seeing, there are really good free agents like Hargrove going to what the the 49ers from the Eagles. Like, come on, bro. Like, and I'm not saying that you know the Green Bay Packers would have got him or the Jets would have gotten him, but they could have went for him or maybe a Jimmy Ward. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see how this situation and this whole thing plays out, honestly. So, let's move forward. So, Jimmy G is a Raider now. And I hear a lot of people say that Jimmy G is a perfect fit for the Raiders. When you think of Raiders, you think of Risk. When you think of Vegas, you think of Risk. And then you have Jimmy G. G Just Jimmy G looks like the Raider. Jimmy G, the one, one problem that Derek Carr had was he didn't risk it all like Jimmy G would. And that rubbed the Raiders the wrong way. So I guess we're not having... Honest conversations about the Raiders or Jimmy G. But I guess I will. The Raiders are one of those teams that bank on history. The the Bears do that as well. I the Raiders have a rich history. You know, they, they've had some good pieces They've they've won a Super Bowl I mean, hell They had John Madden The, the Raiders have a good history We know about the black hole Like we know the, the what comes with the Raiders And if you look at the roster The Raiders also just got Jacoby Myers I think, which was one of the top Wide receiver free agents That they could have got Or that was on the market So, you know, pair them with Hunter Renfro and and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. I think that's a good nucleus. (laughs) But... You talk about them going for Jimmy G. And I think that Jimmy G landed in a good spot. I do think that at least you have pieces and weapons to succeed we talked about Jimmy G and what he what he needs to succeed he needs a good running game he needs a good offensive line or offensive line which he doesn't have he needs a, some offensive pieces which he has a plethora of now and he needs a good defense which he really doesn't have i mean you have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby but that's about it But the Raiders are in one of the toughest divisions in football. I mean, I think that the Broncos are going to get better with Sean Payton now. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, and I, and while their offensive line is doing some retooling, and I don't know how, I don't know how good their offensive line is going to be if they keep Orlando Brown or not. But they they did just win the Super Bowl and they have Patrick Mahomes. And of course you have the Chargers and, and Justin or Justin Herbert. Now we'll talk about them in a second, but you still have Justin Herbert, you have Keenan Allen, you you know. Even with this move, even if you look at everything that we saw last year, the Raiders still have the fourth worst or the fourth best, let's say, the fourth best quarterback in their division. Jimmy G is a good player, but he's to me he's not a player that can put you over the hump. If Jimmy G is your quarterback, I'm not thinking to myself, Whoo, that is a championship caliber team." Because and and he just had the 49ers and while, yes, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl again, I, there was somebody on 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 my unpopular podcast, TikTok, make sure you go follow. But there was somebody that said the defense lost it for the 49ers in that Super Bowl. I think it was 2019 against the Chiefs. While, yes, they did give up a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, Jimmy G missed several passes including the most notable one which was emmanuel sanders and he overthrew him like 10 yards i mean and emmanuel sanders had absolutely nobody on him i think jimmy g is good and i think that i mean he'll look good in a in a raiders uniform but damn this is really turning into a lamar jackson fact but when you have someone like a lamar jackson on the on the on the market pretty much and you settle for Jimmy G. Now, Jimmy G and and honestly, which you're hearing a lot of people say it, I don't even think Jimmy G is an upgrade from Derek Carr. I I think that I think that people were overly harsh on Derek Carr in my opinion. I get the lack of success but again i i listed out i always list out so many things or so many problems with the vegas raiders at this point and it's like who can succeed with that now i don't i'll say this i don't think that Derek carr I, i'm not just talking about last year last year we saw a lot of people have a bad year but Last year was a bad year for Derek Carr I'm not going to say it wasn't But Do you think Jimmy G is going to be That much better Hey Y'all know me man If I am wrong I'll come in here and say I was wrong But I just don't believe that Jimmy G Is going to be drastically Different for the Raiders I get that it's better than what they had Which was nobody at the time But You know And again, even when we look here today with the weapons that they have and Jimmy G, I think that again, I think the Broncos are going to be better next year because they have Sean Payton. So it's like, I don't, I'm, I'm still gonna pick them fourth in the division. And when we look in the AFC in general, I mean, what's gonna happen with the Ravens? What do you still have? Kansas City Chiefs, like you still have the Bengals. I'm not saying that the Raiders didn't get better. I'm just saying I don't if they did get better, I don't think it's because of Jimmy G. And I guess you can ask yourself like who was out there, who who could you have gotten outside of I mean the big name, but it, I don't know. And, and 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 maybe they were really out on Well, maybe Aaron Rodgers was really out on the Raiders because, it's like, I think Aaron Rodgers is better than Jimmy G right now. I think Jimmy G is going uh, to—if you're going to get a quarterback and you need a quarterback and Jimmy G is available, I think he's cool. I think if you have no other options and you have Jimmy G—not saying he's a trash quarterback, but if you have no other good options and and Jimmy G is available, you go after Jimmy G. I get it. But— it was. It's hard for me to think, especially with the quarterbacks that's out there, that they didn't have a better option. So. Damn, and I'm going to end it by saying, but shouts out to Jimmy G. <laughs> uh, you know, I, hey, prove me wrong. I will come on this platform and say I was wrong, but I don't think I am. You're going to look up and think, ooh. Damn, maybe it wasn't all Derek Carr's fault. Or, or. You could say, well, yeah, I guess he is an improvement. Now come on here and say that. So, like I said, and and let's move forward. Like I said, last year, you saw a lot of people have down years. I mean, you saw Russell Wilson have his worst year. Aaron Rodgers had a bad year. Uh, It was a bad year for a lot of people. One Person that was also a bad year for was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is considered one of the best corner, uh, best corners in, in in football, and he just had a. He and the Rams as a whole had a bad year. I mean, the Rams were coming off a of Super Bowl and didn't even make the playoffs. Like, didn't even come close. Aaron Aaron Donald got hurt but even when he was in they weren't really winning many games it was just it was just bad and like i said with aaron rodgers losing and and down years give teams outs because it would be crazy to trade or get rid of somebody and they're still they're coming off a peak year they're coming off a really good year if Jalen Ramsey played to the level that he has known to be or he's known to play and the level that his name warrants. There's no way that the the Rams would even entertain trading somebody like him because now, yes, he is expensive. And yes, the Rams struggled last year. But again, it also goes Jalen Ramsey struggled as well. If the Rams didn't show, like if the Rams made it to the playoffs or if the Rams made some noise, made a big playoff run or maybe came a game. Or, no, if they made the playoffs, I think Jalen Ramsey would be on the team. But you don't make the playoffs. And now you're looking at the contract and the contract's more expensive. And you look at it as, well, it's expensive and it's not really leading to wins. So we can easily give them up. So now Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Dolphins. This move right here is a – last year I thought that if Tua didn't succeed with the roster that they had, they, they made those moves specifically for Tua. I mean, last year, of course, you had Jalen Waddle, but you got Tyreek Hill. You have a – Legit number one receiver and a, a receiver that has the talent to be number one in Jalen Waddle. You also have Mike DeSecchi. Like you had they made so many pieces, and the offensive line was good. They made so many pieces. Last year, I felt was the year where they said, Hey, we're giving you everything that you need to. If you do not succeed, we're going to have to move on. Because you can't get any better than this Now Statistically Tua had a good season uh, You, Of course we can talk about the injuries We can talk about That but Statistically he had a good season But the good is see- And of course you can Say how the season ended was due to Injury but I don't think even if he would have Stayed healthy I don't think that the The Dolphins were good enough to win the Super Bowl or even to make a deep run. Like, if you paired the Dolphins up against the Chiefs, I didn't think they were going to win. If you paired the Dolphins up against the Bengals, I didn't think they were going to win. I just, you know. Now, this move. You bolster the offense. The offense is already bolstered. The offense is already really good. Now you bolster the defense. You pair... The Dolphins now have arguably one of the best backcourts, or backcourts, best backfields in in the NFL. Now that you pair Jalen Ramsey with an Xavier Howard, this move wasn't solely based on Tua, but this move signifies Every team, not every team oh, okay, one misnomer in in sports is that every team goes for it. That is a lie that is a lie. Of course, when you go in, you think to yourself, you know this could be our year if if this this this, 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 this happens, it could we could make some noise, but once you've seen you you find out very quickly that this this, this, and this isn't going to happen. Not every team goes for it. Some teams go to tanking quickly. Some teams go into the season, you know, uh, we may not have the good roster, we're going to tank. So, yeah, don't think to yourself that every team in professional sports goes for a championship. The Dolphins trading for Jalen Ramsey signifies that's exactly what they're doing. The big you got the big wide receiver or the big name wide receiver a year ago. And now you're getting a big name the big name cornerback. I think I don't know this to me the success of this team the success of, of any team, honestly, is the is is the play of their quarterback that's is a quarterback driven league hell if that if that wasn't the case the 49ers would win damn near every year because of the talent that they have on their team but because there is a huge question mark at the quarterback position that is why the 49ers have not been as successful in recent years as they could have been because if you look last year probably the 49ers had the best team the year before 49ers had the best team the year they went to the Super Bowl the 49ers had the best team they but you say all that and 49ers only were in one Super Bowl Uh, in those in those years not altogether the Dolphins when you look up the Dolphins have now one of the best rosters in football And it. I think there's more on Tua's plate now than there has been now. Of course, his health is more important than anything. That's without saying. But if we want to know how good Tua is, we will see. The success or lack thereof success with the Dolphins, because there's not many holes at this point. Last year, one of the biggest holes was there the, the backfield. While you had Xavier Howard, outside of that, it was it was kind of bare bones. Now you have Jalen Ramsey. And while Jalen Ramsey had a bad year last year, I do think that he's still a top cornerback. So you you pair those two together then you also have a really good offensive or defensive front. And with what I think Melvin Ingram's still on the team, like you you have and then of course the offense we're really about to see how good Tua is. Now I know I said that last year with Tyreek Hill and the in the same exact feeling that I had last year, I have right now, just even more because now you can't say, "Well, two was good, but the defense wasn't." You can't say that, or two was good, but the the back end of the defense kept giving up points." You can't say that anymore. Now, if Jalen Ramsey comes out and has an, a duplicate year than he did year well, like last year, then we have some we have some problems. But it's on tour. I know it's 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 it sucks to say, but it's it's on a We're going to see how good they are. Us, the Dolphins, especially this year, like you, you don't make this move. You don't make this. You look. You don't make a move to get Tyree Hill. You don't make a move to get Jalen Ramsey if you don't think that you're good enough to contend. And that goes back to my point where it says not every team goes for it. You do not get Jalen Ramsey if you're not going for it, especially when you know how expensive he is. but he's only expensive if he's not producing when Russell Wilson got that deal from the Broncos we were saying everyone was saying yo that is a that's an expensive deal, <laughs> but nobody was saying. Wow, that's an expensive deal. That's a that's not a good deal. When it happened, the only time people were saying that's a bad deal is when they started losing. And when we saw how the season went for the Broncos. You see, you're only expensive when you're not producing. So we're gonna see that. Jalen Ramsey has a has an expensive contract, but it's it's well worth it if he's producing. And if you look, the Dolphins have one of the best rosters in football, and we're really going to see how good Tua Tagovailoa is. I know last year, and hopefully he has a injury free season. Even though that's kind of hard, to, I don't wish injury upon injury. I I don't I don't want injury upon in anybody. But it's kind of hard to assume that seeing as though he's been injured damn near every year of his career including college. But I wish for a healthy season for Tua, but we're going to see just how good Tua is and how good this is on Tua because this is the Dolphins are one of the best rosters in football. Especially with this Jalen Ramsey move. So One position that is lose it loses its value year after year after year is the running back position because the 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 physicalness and the physicality the physicalness <laughs> the physicality of the position it's hard to. Build a team around a running back or pay a lot of money to a running back. While, Which is one of the biggest reasons why you saw Daniel Jones get the contract that he got. But you saw Saquon Barkley get franchise tagged. Saquon Barkley is the the Giants best player, but he got franchise tag and Daniel Jones got what he got. It's also one of the reasons why you see someone like Der, uh, Derrick Henry, who has been uniformly the best running back in football for a while, but the Titans haven't really done much. Now, I'm not saying that Derrick Henry will be traded, but he is available for trade. Austin Eckler is I guess him and his agent were, were trying to get a deal done with the, the Chargers. But the Chargers have a history of not wanting to pay their running backs. Hell, they had LaDamian Tomlinson on this team. And damn near, had to, he had to fight tooth and nail to get paid for this franchise. LaDamian Tomlinson, who is one of the greatest running backs we've ever seen, arguably could be the greatest running back we've ever seen, the the chargers did not want to pay him so <laughs> austin eckler was fighting a uphill battle and we look now and it looks like that the chargers have granted his they they don't okay so the chargers are saying that they're not going to pay him what he wants more than likely he probably wants to be one of the highest paid running backs in the league, which I understand because I, I also understand how important he is to the Chargers. So now the Chargers have granted him permission to seek a trade. And it looks like that's what he's doing. I, I know he requested a trade. They granted their request. Yo, go seek a trade. Go, you know, you do that. I think this kind of shows how fickle the NFL can be or how how roller coastery i know that's not a word but i'm going to turn it into one how roller how roller coastery the NFL can be austin eckler was one of the best running backs last year and i'm not saying you know pay him anything but when i look at the 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 fabric of my team if i'm a gm or if i'm an owner and i look at how i determine who i pay and who i don't i look at i would look at what is their importance to the overall success of the team and does their does their presence does their performance does their 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 Ability lead to positives, leads to winning. And what's baffling to me, now again, I understand the history of the Chargers, but what's baffling to me is how important Austin Eckler is, not just to the Chargers offense, but to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert plays drastically better with Austin Eckler on the field. Now, people have touted Justin Herbert as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And one of the best quarterbacks in the league plays better with this player, i.e. Austin Eckler. So it's like... If we want to maximize how good we are as a team, if we want to maximize how good we are as an offense, if we want to maximize our star player, he gets the most production with Austin Eckler on the field. Why not pay the man? I'm not saying pay him quarterback money. I'm not saying pay him wide receiver money but why not pay him? Damn I said it's not going to be a Lamar Jackson episode, but it kind of goes back to the Ravens Lamar Jackson you build your team around this player and now you're 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 playing chicken with this player when we talk about contracts. It is statistically proven that your best player in 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 Justin Herbert plays better. With Austin Eckler on the field. Because how good Austin Eckler is at catching the ball and how good Austin Eckler as just a complete running back. And now you've granted his permission to secret trade. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know. Now of course he could, you know. He could definitely uh he could definitely return to the Chargers and and ultimately get a deal done. But right now it's looking like that's probably not gonna happen. Austin Eckler is again one of the best running backs in the league and clearly that doesn't matter these days. <laughs> so I don't know. Let's move forward. Uh, shouts out to Taylor Heineke, man. Taylor Heineke goes to Atlanta. I think it's a two-year deal for twenty million. Um, I'm happy for Taylor. Clearly, he was with Washington. He is now with Atlanta. I'm not really talking about this, uh, because um, I'm not really talking about this because of Taylor. I'm talking about this story or this because there was a lot of free agency moves that happened. A lot of them. I mean, again, we just talked about Hargrove going or Hargrave going to uh, the 49ers, Sam Darnold going to 49ers. Jason Kelsey came back and said, or came out and said that he's coming back uh, to the Eagles. But in a a bigger story, of course, we'll talk about this probably in a couple days or whatever, is the Eagles are losing a lot of players. (laughs) And a lot of key players. Now, yes, Jason Kelsey was one of them, and and they were able to retain him. And Graham was another one. But they're both older, and and they were able to retain Graham. But they're losing a lot of (laughs) people. They're losing a lot of key key defensive players. Key defensive players. And I don't know what's going to happen. We still need to see what's going to happen with. Uh, Gar- what's going to happen with Bradbury? Like, that is a big story. But we'll talk about that when we talk about it. The reason why I brought up Taylor Heineke is this really solidifies. Damn, I said I wasn't going to turn this into a Lamar Jackson episode. This solidifies that the Falcons are out on Lamar Jackson. Now, no, Taylor Heineke, I don't think, is coming in to be a starter you have desmond ritter they, they they invest a lot on desmond ritter they want to just keep desmond but this just solidifies that the, i know that they said that they had no interest but teams be lying uh atlanta definitely is not getting lamar checks and i think by the day I'm gonna. I'm walking my take back. I think it's starting to feel more and more like, uh, especially with the 49ers now getting Sam Darnold, it's starting to feel more and more like Lamar Jackson will play again. On, I think Lamar Jackson should hold out, but it feels like Lamar Jackson more than likely will play in Baltimore again on the franchise tag. I don't know what that's gonna cause in the locker room. I don't know what that's gonna create, but this this is yet another team that is serious about oh yeah we're not we're we're not gonna pay Lamar Jackson what he wants. We'd rather pay Taylor Heineke a hundred i mean twenty million dollars so yeah, let's move forward. <laughs> So March Madness is here. The, the the tournament is finally here. We got to selection Sunday. We we, we, we did it all. Uh we know the round the the sixty four teams that are in both the men's and women's uh tournament. And while, no, I am not going to break down the entire bracket for each one, I know I did an episode of that what, a year or two years ago, not doing that this year. I'm not doing that because of how wide open at least the men's side is. You have the Alabama in the south or the number one seas in the regions. The south region is Alabama. The Midwest is Houston. The east is Purdue. The west is Kansas. This has been for a couple years now. And that is there is more parity in at least college basketball than there has than there's been in since I can remember. And I don't think I don't think that's because there's just great teams. Now yes, there are good teams, don't get me wrong. Like Alabama's a really good team. Purdue is a really good team, but I just think everyone is on a, on a, not every most teams are the equal playing field. Whether that you think, whether you think that's an incredible playing field, whether you think that's a low bar playing field, it's up to you. I just think that everyone is on an equal playing field. Now, I know that's easy to say when it's like, well, everyone has a chance to win a national championship. I just think this year, I wouldn't be surprised if, if a lot of people won the won the national championship. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give my final four, and then I'm going to tell you who I have winning the national championship on both the men's and women's. Let me start with Let me start with the men's since I was just pretty much talking about the men's. Like I said man, there is there is parody throughout there there's you don't anybody could win the national championship and I think that when that's the case, players shine more than teams not say, now there has never been a team because if you really look, there's never really I don't remember the last time the best player in college basketball won the national championship i mean yeah i don't i don't I don't remember the last time i mean, because you can argue maybe last year, like yeah, I don't remember the last time the wooden award winner, well, I think it was o g adenobi not o g uh homie from Kansas what I'm saying is this when you have parody like this you kind of lean towards star players because you have to find a competitive advantage somewhere. And in when, when the, when the field is this close, you lean on star players. So I say that to say, let's start with the South, the South. Wow. Yes. You have Alabama, you have Arizona. I think Virginia being a number four is crazy. You have Baylor, but we don't know about Baylor's what's best player. He might be out for the tournament. I think that the best players are going to have to shine because this is a tough tour. I mean, West Virginia at nine is tough. San Diego State at five is tough. I think that this, is, this region is going come to come down to Brandon Miller and... Let me let me hold up. Let me look, call me's name from Arizona. The tall dude's name because his name is crazy. Um, what is his name? Starts with a. Oh, that's it. Um, it's gonna be Brandon Miller and Trebellis. Azolas Trebelis Yeah I think it's going to come between those two Um, Now again You can feel how you feel about Brandon Miller It is what it is uh, Especially off the court but on the court He has been the best player in college Basketball Next to probably Zach Eady the majority of the season He for sure has been the best Freshman this year and while I like Arizona and I like Alabama, it's gonna come between. Uh, it's gonna come between Miller and Tabellus, and Tabellus has been one of the best. Now I know I'm probably messing up your name, bro. I apologize, but Tabellus has been one of the best forwards in college basketball that we don't talk about a lot because a lot of times we don't really watch Arizona basketball how late it comes on. But Arizona has been one of the best teams in college basketball. One thing one thing that I can't get out of my head I saw Brandon Miller put up what 41 points and they almost lose that game I think it went to overtime because Brandon Miller had to hit a clutch basket to take it into overtime and he had to hit the game winner in overtime I think that while Brandon Miller's good, the Alabama team as a whole isn't great. And I think that there's better players on Arizona as a whole than there is with Alabama. So I think Arizona will be coming out the south as far as the Final Four. And I think they will be playing. You see, I hate this. I hate having to admit this. I really do. But when you talk about the East, to me, the East is a two. It, it, mm. I don't like Purdue's guards. And of, of course, Purdue being the number one seed in the East. I don't like Purdue's guards. I think Zach Eadie has been the best player overall in college basketball all year. But Purdue's guards are not that good. Ah, oh, boy. I hate it, but also, also one thing that you want to do coming into the tournament is you want to be playing the best basketball that you can be playing, and the hottest team right now in the East, and I'm not just saying because you know their record and everything, but Duke is 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 clicking right now. I think that Duke Duke they while well, yes they're a young team they are playing their best basketball at the right time they just won the ACC tournament I think Duke is going to come out the the east I think the final four is going to be Arizona and Duke I really do in on on that side on the Midwest side I I think it really depends on the health of Houston's best player. Uh if if Houston's best play, if if he can't play cuz that's one of the biggest reasons why they uh that's that's their hesitation. It, because I think there's only one team I like most of these teams. Like I like uh Miami with Jordan Miller. I like Indiana Like Xavier, but I think if Houston's best player isn't healthy, Texas is winning this. As far as winning the Midwest with Sir uh, Jabari, I I think I think it's going to be Texas. Uh, Texas has now Texas's best player. Texas did just win the Big Twelve. I I think it's I think Texas is it's 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 a two. I have Texas coming out the Midwest. I can't ex- I have Texas coming out the Midwest. Um in the West, to me, the West is the hardest region. They did not do Kansas any, any any favors. To me, you have the best number two, uh, number two seed in UCLA in this in this uh in this region. You have the best number three seed in this region in Gonzaga, and you have the best number four seed in this region in Yukon. They did not do Kansas any, any breaks. Like, and on top of that, you also have uh, TCU who's on fire. You Boy. Mm. Now, before Selection Sunday, I will admit, before Selection Sunday, I had Kansas winning it all. I think it kind of kind of the reason why I have Duke coming out the East you have you're playing the best basketball at the right time now yes i know they lost a big or a big 12 championship but jalen wilson you you're playing the best basketball that you can right now uh but i look at this it is a gauntlet they are going to have to go against for some reason i get it the sleeper in this, not sleeper, because a lot of people are picking them in the West, is UConn. UConn has been one of the best teams all year. Now, yes, they did go through a a mean skid in the middle of the season, but they have been the best team. A lot of the, uh, they've been one of the best teams this year, and I understand, you know, why they would pick them they have size they have guard play they have shooting they have defense they have everything that you need mm. i like UCLA i just i like tiger i i like mm. i don't like I, I don't i don't have any faith in gonzaga in the slightest like at all even though I do think that the best 3 seed in this tournament I don't think that I mean we've seen Gonzaga make it all the way to the national championship multiple times and lose every single time um to me it's a two it's a two team this is a two team race it's between Kansas and Yukon and just so happens that If they both make it, they would have to see each other in the Sweet 16. I am going to go. Mm, That's going to be tough. I'm going to. That's going to be tough. I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm going to go with Kansas. Because they did just win the national championship. Jalen Wilson is playing really good. Even though I do like UConn, I'm going to go with Kansas. They're, they're they're hot right now. Even though they did just lose the Big 12 championship. Um, so my final four is Arizona, Duke, Texas, and Kansas. I think Arizona's size and and speed is is going to be able to match up well with Duke's size and speed. Um and because of that, I have Arizona making it to the national championship and I have Kansas making it to the national championship over over Texas. And I have Kansas winning the national championship again first team since florida to win back-to-back first first team on the men's side since florida to win back-to-back yeah and on the women's side you have the greenville region or greenville one greenville two seattle three seattle four to me this isn't as wide open as the men's side i think that uh South Carolina has been dominant this entire year. I mean, they haven't lost. I do and one thing that you do like or that you do see, especially when we talk about the women's side is they like rematches. They like inter- interesting stories, which is why they put South Carolina and Maryland in the same region, which is why they put uh UCLA in 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 Notre Dame in the same like they like rematches and they like they like What they like While I like Maryland uh, I think South Carolina is definitely coming out The Greenville 1 region They have been the best team This entire year Uh, Don Staley Has been the best coach Aliyah Boston You know, Zaya Cook Definitely have South Carolina coming out Of Greenville 1 Greenville 2 Is a little more wide open and even though I don't really like them cuz the coach even though she's been cool I think that LSU is coming out of the Greenville too Angel Reese she's from the crib uh they, they she has been arguably one of the best players in college basketball this entire year uh in fact they they they're two stump they're three stumbles cuz I think their three stumbles, two stumbles. One of them was against South Carolina, and the other one they were they had a sixteen point lead, I think, and lost it. Uh, I have I have LSU making it out of the uh, Greenville two, Seattle three. I to me it's between, and I understand it's one and two, but to me it's between West Virginia. And UConn. Um UConn, they have been kind of inconsistent this year, but they when they're on, they're on. They're great rebounding. They have AZ FUD. They they now yes, Paige Becker not being there is huge, but AZ AZ's been really good. Um and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has uh what's it, them twins? <laughs> hold on virginia tech has give me a second uh kiana taylor i think it's elizabeth they have this one oh yeah i think it's elizabeth definitely elizabeth it's elizabeth uh keat keatley kitley i know i probably said your name wrong i apologize she if she go crazy because i mean she averages damn nine she has 19 points a game god dang i just i just think i have virginia coming out virginia tech virginia tech i have virginia tech coming out the seattle three because i just think that she's going to be big and she is the best player between him and her and yukon and i think she's probably the best player at this region even though no look at my north carolina and the sixth seed but uh yeah and seattle i i have stanford i think stanford's the best team um oh in this region while yes i do like uh caitlin clark and i think caitlin clark's been going crazy this year uh i just think that she isn't enough to get over the team that is stanford um i, I mean i, I yeah, I don't I don't see Duke winning. I don't see Texas. I just I have Stanford. So I have uh South Carolina and Stanford on one side and I have LSU and Virginia Tech on the other. And I think to me it's gonna come down between was it Haley Williams and and, and Boston? And I just again I just think South Carolina has been dominant this entire year. And while I like Stanford and I like exactly, you know, Stanford's team, I think Stanford's probably one of, if not the best remaining teams outside of South Carolina State or South Carolina, I, I just think South Carolina is going to impose this will. And they have multiple people that, you know, like out. think about it, outside of <laughs> – outside of – um Aaliyah Boston, you have Bria, Bria Beal. I mean, again, Zy Cook, you, Bree Hall, like you have really important and really good pieces in players. And while Bree Hall, she only averages five points, like she's integral. It, it, all these players are integral. So I have South Carolina making it back to the national championship. And I, I honestly have, um, so it's LSU and Virginia Tech. I have LSU making it to the National Championship. Again, Angel... Let me see. Angel Reese is currently averaging... Let me... Give me a second. Angel Reese is currently averaging... <laughs> Angel Reese. She's averaging 23-16-2. Like... <laughs> like, come on now. It... I, I just... I just... I just think... Angel Reed. I I she is their best player and it it I mean And then you have Alexis Morris who has 15 points a game. I think I think it's gonna be South Carolina and LSU rematch uh in the national championship. And one thing that we know about LSU or no that we know about um one thing that we know about South Carolina is they are great when it comes to rematches. I think they're damn near undefeated when it comes to a rematch. So I have South Carolina winning the national championship on the women's side. I've the one question that I've gotten asked is why haven't I talked about the Kings? And how how do I feel about the Kings? And they're Surgeons this year. I think the Kings are one of the most surprised stories we've seen this year. I mean, this franchise hasn't hasn't seen a playoffs in I don't know how long. And now when you look, they're one of the best offenses in the league. They are third in the West. They are being led by Damonte Sabonis, Sabonis and Darren Fox. I think that, um, I think that Mike Brown, in my opinion, should be Coach of the Year just because of how good you know, the 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 leap that the Kings have made. And I think that the Kings are one of the best teams in basketball. And it kind of goes back to my argument that I had uh again with the with the Knicks. The question isn't how good are the Kings? The question is. How good they can they be when it matters? And that, of course, is the playoffs. Again, don't get me wrong. I think the Kings, I mean, they've proven to be one of the best teams in basketball this year. And surely one of the best offenses in basketball. I mean, I think, actually, they are number... One, yeah. Yeah, they're number one in the league in points per game. But here's why I kind of have pause for the Kings. And it kind of goes back to the argument that I had maybe a couple episodes ago about the Golden State Warriors. No, actually, this was the argument I had about the Dallas Mavericks. There has never been a team outside of like maybe one or two. I know the one of the Lakers, the 2001 Lakers, I think. There's never been a team outside of the 2001 Lakers that has won a championship outside and and have landed outside of the top 10 in defense. And while... the and while the kings are one of the best actually statistically the best offense in basketball they are one of the in fact they are statistically the second they are tied with second worst defenses in basketball so and i think they're tied with the opposing points per game they're tied with the with the detroit pistons they give up one hundred and eighteen point six points a game. So while I do like the story that is the Kings, I like how they will finally make the playoffs, and it looks like they're going. It looks they're probably going to host a playoff game, or they're going to be a host team. And I, again, I have Mike Brown as coach of the year. I think with Mike Brown is honestly between him and Homie uh from Boston but I I I just think I uh, nobody saw this Kings team coming like this so I I have Mike Brown winning it but again while I like the Kings you need to be able to get stops one of the hardest things to do is be continuously beat people because of your offense. Because once your offense starts to subside or once your offense doesn't doesn't play too well or a game or maybe even a series where those shots that you usually hit aren't hitting, you have to be able to rely on your defense. Again, if you look back the last few years, right? You look back last year, Golden State it was the play of Andrew Wiggins and his defense kind of slowing down adjacent Jason Tatum that allowed, I mean, hell, nobody outside of Steph Curry really, really was consistent offensively the year before. The Boston, I mean, the, the um, Phoenix Suns went up two games against the Milwaukee Bucks. Two games. They won the first two. All of a sudden Milwaukee started playing lockdown defense. They won the next four. I just think while I like the Kings, I love the Kings. I don't like their chances in the playoffs because of their defense or their lack the lack thereof defense. Because again, I like De'Aaron Fox. I like uh, Demonis Sabonis. Those are great pieces, all stars. But who is going to get the stops? Who is going to be able to play lockdown defense against a, a, a Steph or against a, a top player? That's one of the biggest reasons why I have question marks with Denver. I just, I like the Kings, and I think the Kings deserve the credit that they deserve. I think the Kings are one of the best teams in basketball. And I think the Kings are one of the best stories in sports right now. I just don't know how good the Kings are going to be in the playoffs because they don't stop anybody. They don't play much defense. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the Kings. Um, Lastly, before we go, I told you guys that, you know, during Women's Month, I'm going to highlight a woman every episode. Uh, In this episode, I'm highlighting Autumn Lockhart or Lockwood. I'm sorry. Autumn Lockwood. She is the first black woman to coach in the Super Bowl. One thing that I do appreciate and I love about women in general is a lot of times... They, when they have stigmas on them, right, or when they, there is a job or there is a section that they are statistic or not statistically, they are probably pegged to not be able to breach. They do it. Hell, we just talked about uh, Jennifer Taylor last year being the first African woman, African-American woman to coach. Now, not saying a head coach, but be a coach on an NFL team, which has opened the door for a lot of people, like Autumn Lockwood, who now became the first woman coach She was an assistant coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, man, women are incredible, bro. I, I'm not, <laughs> For people that saying, because I, I saw a lot of people talking about this last episode, um, when I was talking about Jennifer uh Taylor. Or is it Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer, whatever. When I was talking about her and they were like, Well, she's not a head coach or she's only a running back coach. Autumn Lockwood is only an assistant coach. Like she she she's not doing a head coach. She can't be a head coach. You're over here shining light on somebody that's an assistant coach. Yeah, she could have been the first black woman to coach in Zubo, but she's only assistant. Yeah. That is true. That is true. No, mm-hmm. Autumn Lockwood is not a head coach at all. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, I <laughs> am not an assistant coach anywhere. You are not an assistant coach anywhere. Let alone the NFL. The... um. <sighs> So, what do we talk about? <laughs> like, she's an assistant sports performance coach, bro. I don't know nothing about performance. I barely even, I don't even stretch before I hoop. Or after I hoop. Wonder why I'm over here scooting around my house after a basic hoop session. And so, what I'm saying is, put some respect on these people's name, bro. Congratulations to Autumn Lockwood. Shouts out to you. For allowing your hard work at was it ETSU, allowing all that hard work to get you to where the hell you are at now, and that is the assistant performance coach or sports performance coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and becoming the first Black woman in history to coach in the Super Bowl. Shouts out to you, and there. That you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Impopular Podcast. If you want a Impopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. It definitely means a lot. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening, please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot. I appreciate all the comments, I appreciate all the likes, I appreciate all the views. I try to, you know, I try to engage with a lot of with anybody that responds uh i i do appreciate you guys i really do it means a lot uh and until next time much love
1: my errands cost a half a ticket i don't hear the same shit y'all niggas here oh god Pockets on cheese, is heavy on the cheddar. cheddar Run off with your money, savage, AK Jerry Hella, Hella. Too much drip, I'm raining by the Gucci umbrella Brella. Why you always tripping, bitch, you must look up to Ella. Ella It's only the first night and she keep trying to snuggle. snuggle I slept on my back just so I ain't have to cuddle, cuddle. Nothing about me average, hit her with a Fendi rubble Feel like a magician, all these bitches that I juggle Robert Red, Billy Black, got a demon in a cat Check the stats, all facts Rap made me a lot of racks. Down bad, caught a flat, change his tie. He got jack, ass fat, waist snatch. Can I get some of that pussy cat? 1.5, 1.5, on a ride, right. on a ride. Right. Niggas die, niggas die, when we slide, when we slide. Draw the line, draw the line. Pick a side, pick a side. Ain't no switch ain't no switching. On my guys, on the game. 1.5, 1.5, on a ride, right. on a ride. Right. Niggas die, niggas die, when we slide, when we slide. Draw the line, draw the line. Pick a side, pick a side. Ain't no switch ain't no switching. Oh my guy. I'm your five. The doors go walk to side. The diamonds poke your eyes. Ice. Don't trust my game, they shy. I don't take advice. Nah. I don't care about price. Steeps the boss, don't fight. Bring the bricks in the loft at night. Bricks. So to get what you want, ice white. <laughs> in the lambo brains open. <laughs> my chain's soaking. Soakin'. Coding in my van, I'm stroking. I put her head in motion. Wow. This padded right here, a trophy. Padded. Passed out on the earth, man, sofa. Hey. Straight fade is a game of poker. Game. The green lambo, a ogre. <laughs> we passed the bitch. bitch. Got the flipping the bitch in the ribs. flipping the bitch. Just ask your bitch. Ask her. I Put no kiss, smash Put right in it, bitch. Don't touch me, don't get fresh. Now, nah. let's get lit. Lit 1.5 huh? on a ride, right. on a ride. Niggas die, niggas die. When we slide, when we slide, draw the line, draw the line. Pick a side, pick a side. Ain't no switch, ain't no switch. On my guy, on the game. 1.5 1.5, on a ride, right. on a ride. Niggas die, niggas die. When we slide, when we slide, draw the line, draw the line. Pick a side, pick a side. Ain't no switch, ain't no switch. On my guy, on the gang.